The sunsets there are fantastic because it is on the prairie and you can see forever. And if you are lucky enough to be there in the summer when a storm comes in, the storms that come in off the prairies in that part of the world are amazing to watch. Welcome to Experiences You Should Have, your how-to guide for amazing experiences. I'm your host, Gail Manasco, and today we have a very special guest on the show, Gary Arndt. He is an award-winning blogger and travel photographer who has been traveling around the world since 2007. His travels have taken him to over 100 and 30 countries, and he has also visited over 400 UNESCO World Heritage Sites and all 50 states. His blog is Everything Everywhere and is considered one of the best travel blogs in the world. And he is actually producing a podcast, Everything Everywhere Daily, which is really getting into uh, a lot of the history behind uh, many places around the world. Uh, so you podcast listeners out there, definitely check it out. Uh, Carrie Arndt is also one of the most awarded travel photographers of the decade. And I mean, just this this guy knows his stuff is what we're trying to say here. Uh, so if if he says this is a place you should check out, it's it's just not off the cuff. Like he he knows. And and I've been thinking a lot right now about, you know, people taking road trips, maybe canceling international travel plans and and many of national parks around the US you, you need to make reservations for or maybe um maybe they're closed or or something of that nature. And and I and I was talking to Gary about what is what's a national park people should be checking out, and it, and he mentioned one in Alaska, but it, it might be hard to go to Alaska right now, especially with the fourteen day quarantine, and and then he said uh, Theodore Roosevelt National Park, and I'm thinking I've I've never heard of this national park, and I thought that was pretty savvy to some national parks, and and I'm like wow okay. Gary, Gary knows his stuff. And he said, go to Theodore Roosevelt National Park. And I feel like, let's do an episode on that. You know, let's, let's take our listeners there and kind of dial it in on the why. So stay tuned for the interview. Well, welcome, Gary, to the show. It's great to have you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I find it so interesting. Um, you have been everywhere. And when asking about you know, your favorite national parks, uh, here, Theodore Roosevelt National Park was, was one of your favorites that you mentioned. Um, and I've never heard of it until, you know, just recently. I, can can you describe the first time that you went to Theodore National Park and what really captured your interest? Yeah, so I've I've visited. So there's 419 National Park Service sites in the United States. I've been to about 
little over half of them. I think I'm at 51% now. And of the wow. 60, na- 61 uh, national parks proper, I've been to all but five. And I was supposed to finish visiting them this year, but virus and said that <laughs> happened. Uh, right. and, and the ones I have left to visit are not hard. Uh, but I always bring up Theodore Roosevelt because like a, lo- a lot of other people, they don't know about it. Uh, it's in Western North Dakota. Mm-hmm. And it's in a part of the country that is basically empty. Uh, it's one of the least populated parts of the United States. And the only reason anyone would ever go there or drive past it is if they're kind of driving across country. And it's not something a lot of people do. Uh, the park itself is mostly, I would say, it's kind of a prairie type environment, uh, but it's also also known as the North Dakota Badlands. So there are some erosional features. You have some valleys and canyons and things like that. Not huge. You know, not like the Grand Canyon or anything, um, but the park gets its name because this is where Theodore Roosevelt uh, worked early in his life before he entered a career in politics, and uh, it's where the park takes its name. Interesting, so interesting. So, when did you go to Theodore Roosevelt National Park? I've been there a couple times. Uh, the first time I was there, I did a uh, really big trip. I think it was like twenty five thousand miles, uh, where I left Wisconsin and I drove all the way to British Columbia, down to San Diego, to Tennessee, and then back up. And as part of this, I I stopped at Theodore Roosevelt. And getting there is actually not hard, assuming you can get to North Dakota, because it lies right in the middle of Interstate 94, which is the main uh, interstate that goes from basically from Seattle to Boston. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's the longest, you know, interstate in the country. Wow, And it is right off the interstate. Uh, and so I basically went there as part of this trip because I was going to be on the road anyhow. And mm-hmm. it's a a very easy park to visit by car. Uh, you You get off the interstate and while there is hiking and trails and things like that, you can drive around and it's the closest thing I've seen, maybe some, some parts of Yellowstone as well, where you're almost going on like a safari in North America where you can see bison and mule deer and wild horses and uh, prairie dogs, you know, easily from your car. You don't really need to get out. And depending on the, you know, whenever it's wildlife, it's always a matter of luck. But I literally had, you know, some of these animals coming right up to my vehicle or, you know, they cross the road and they really don't care if you're in a car. So it's, it's one of the best places that you can see that in the national park system. That is so interesting. I mean, I've I've been to national parks. I've been to Yellowstone, and and maybe we saw some bison, but I definitely didn't see a multiple like array of animals. You know, maybe at the different national parks, unless it was like birds or something. And yeah, it's and I should also add the prairie ecosystem is by far and away or I should say it was, the largest ecosystem in North America, in the United States and you know the lower parts of Canada. And that mm-hmm. has almost always all been destroyed uh, by farming. You know, All that land that was, was grassland got turned into farms. So there are very few places left where you can actually get a feel for what it was like before everything was plowed under. And uh, Theodore Roosevelt National Park is one of those places. Wow. So... When you've gone, oh, what type of, oh, what time of year were you in when you were there? Uh, in the summer or early fall. That That's yeah. definitely when you're going to want to go because in the summer, it's just going to be covered with snow. And in that part of North Dakota, 
uh, one of the things you'll notice is that all the on and off ramps to the highways have these gates that come down, which prevent people from getting on the interstate. And they do that in the event of snowstorms because the you can get blizzard conditions and drifting snow. And it can be very dangerous to be on the roads. So there isn't a whole lot to see in the winter. Um, so you definitely want to be there when there's grass and the, everything's out grazing. Mm-hmm. Now, this is right off the highway. When you went, um, were there a lot of people there? No. I mean, it, it's on an interstate, true, but it's on an interstate in western North Dakota, <laughs> which true. is not a very true. popular st- populous state. And most of the people in North Dakota live in the far east. They don't live in the west. So, yeah, it's uh, the, the uh, springboard point of entry is the town called Medora. And mm-hmm. so you'll find the hotels and campsites there. And again, it's not a very big town, you know, one mm-hmm. of the biggest in the region, but that's not saying much. And so you can find restaurants and, and everything you'll need right there. Um, they kind of grew up, you know, alongside the park. And I should also add, there are two units to the park. There's a Southern unit, which is the most popular unit. That's the one that is right off the interstate. And mm-hmm. then there's a Northern unit, which is about an hour away by driving, completely physically separated. And uh, I've only been there once. My last trip was actually last October. I was driving back from Montana and uh, I stopped there and went to the North unit this time. And it's very similar, uh, but even fewer people there because it's not off the interstate. Did you see more wildlife on the Northern unit? Uh, No, Uh, but that, I don't know if that is because there's less wildlife there or it's just because of that day. I just didn't see as much. Whenever you're looking at wildlife, it's always hit or miss. You know, I've been on safaris in Africa and, uh, you know, photographing polar bears up in, uh, you know, northern Canada. And I've heard stories from people where you have some days that are fantastic and some days where you don't see anything. Mm -hmm. Wow. What do you think was just the most stunning feature of Theodore Roosevelt National Park? Uh, definitely if you can, the sunsets there are fantastic because it is on the prairie and you can see forever. And if you are lucky enough to be there in the summer, when a storm comes in, the Mm. storms that come in off the prairies in that part of the world are amazing to watch because you basically have this wall of clouds that come at you. You can see it from really far away. Um, I've even been storm chasing, uh, in the great plains and that's a lot of fun. Uh, believe it or not. And you may or may not see something like that, you know, the day you happen to be visiting, but if you can, it's actually a great experience. Wow. Okay. So this most epic storm shows up in these prairie grasslands. Do you then find shelter, hop in your car, or where do you safely view the storm? If it's just a, an, I mean, you know, most of them are just going to be normal thunderstorms. You just get okay. in your car, you know, it's just going to be a heavy rain. Uh, the only thing you might have to be concerned about is if there's a tornado warning or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, in that case, yeah, just find shelter somewhere. Um, yeah. But, you know, you'd have to be pretty unlucky, I think, to because you can usually outdrive a tornado pretty easily. All right. That's, that's good to know. You know, I, I, I've seen the movie Twister uh, many times and uh, I mean, they got into some sticky situations. Yeah, it's not like Twister. I mean, I actually recommend for a lot of people, especially now that people can't travel internationally, storm chasing is a blast. I did a storm chasing tour before the eclipse in 2017, where we started in Denver and we wound up in North Texas, Oklahoma, Nebraska, Wow. You know, all over. And um, 
it was a lot of fun. And that even wasn't the best time of the year for it, but we still saw some fantastic storms. The best time of the year is usually going to be late April to early June um, in that period. Okay. Where was your favorite place for a storm? Uh, I The one we saw in the Texas Panhandle, uh, I have a photo that I took was um, just classic. But you know, a lot of people, no one ever thinks to go to the Great Plains yeah. because it's just, you know, we it's mountains or beaches and right. that's really all people kind of think of. And this notion of going to the plains, I've always loved driving through North Dakota and I tell people it's my favorite state and they always think I'm joking. It's like, no, it's not a joke. Uh, it's like, you know, traveling in a sea of grass. Wow. I mean, I've done Wyoming and Montana, but I've, I've just never made it quite over to the Dakotas, but it's very inspiring to go check it out. Yeah. And that uh, is exactly what makes it a great park because, you know, your situation, I think, is like a lot of people. Um, it, you know, if you if you were coming from the West Coast and you wanted to go any further than that, you'd fly. If you're coming from the East, same thing. And so you have this thing in the middle of Eastern Montana, Western Dakotas, and, and kind of going down into the Texas panhandle. Um, where you don't, there are no major cities, like none. Um, and there's really no reason unless you're driving across the country to go there. Did you ever have trouble finding gas as you were driving across the country? Um, I did once when I was driving in rural Nebraska in the Western part and my, my tank was really low and I stopped in this little town and I said, where's next gas station? They said a hundred miles. So I literally had to turn around and go to another town that was 25 miles that I'd passed through. Oh my gosh. And pulled in with fumes. And I had another time where I, I drove to Newfoundland in Canada and yeah. I left St. John's and I and I and I had like a third of a tank. I thought, ah, this will be fine to get me to the next gas station. Problem. Yeah. There was no next gas station. And by the time I found one, I was very much on fumes and very concerned about running out of gas. <sighs> I mean, I always think about that as, as you're driving through these tiny towns or places less traveled of, you know, just being able to get to the next spot. Oh, yeah. There's a, you know, if you if you go in, if you drive around Nevada up in the Great Basin, I mean, mm -hmm. that probably is the emptiest part of the continental United States. And there is truly nothing you know, you'll see a spot in the map and that spot may be a gas station. Whoa. You know, it may look like a town on the map, but it's not. And you pretty much need to stop there because you don't have any other choice. Yeah. Uh, wow, wow, wow. And now, as far as logistics for Theodore Roosevelt National Park, we are in different times, per se, right now. Uh, do you know of any COVID protocols right now? Uh, I checked on the park uh, website and some other things. Really, I think the visitor centers are closed, but everything else is pretty much open. Okay. So you can, you can enter the park. You can um, walk on the trails, drive around, do everything you would normally do, except for go into the visitor center. And I think a lot of the parks are like that. Yeah. And you know, like I said, given the number of people that visit the park on a regular basis, that's not a lot. So it's not really a problem. I mean, I'm hearing about a lot of different national parks requiring reservations, um, but this one is just not popular enough to need a reservation, correct? Right. 
I, I wouldn't worry about it. Okay. You know, uh, most of the parks actually in the U.S., you know, there's a handful that everyone visits, and I'm sure you've mm-hmm. heard of them. And they, they usually are either because they're, you know, Yosemite, Yellowstone, Grand Canyon, mm-hmm. or because they happen to be next to a major city. And so the Everglades gets a lot of visitors. Uh, Great Smoky Mountains National Park will get a lot of visitors. You know, even Crater Lake in Oregon, yeah. um, because, you know, if you're driving from, say, Portland to San Francisco, you're kind of going to drive past it. Uh, so it's at least something kind of in the way. Um, and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't check any of those boxes for Theodore Roosevelt. Mm. Well, I mean, now is the time to be seeking out less crowds going on road trips. This sounds like the perfect destination. Yeah. And if you want to really get adventurous, uh, there's another great national park. If you go into Canada uh, called Grasslands National Park in southern Saskatchewan, and that that gets even way fewer people. And I remember going there and I did see a storm come in and it was just amazing. And I, I spent the better part of a day with a huge lens that I had photographing prairie dogs who are just some mm. of the most entertaining things in the world to watch. And you'll, you'll find prairie dog colonies at a lot of the parks in the, in the region. Now, are people from the U S allowed in Canada right now? I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. Right. Um, but you know, if someone's listening to this, you know, we're recording this in mid August. So, right. The, you know, the road trip part of the season is kind of going to start winding down soon. So even mm-hmm. if you're thinking of this in, you know, 2021, uh, still something I would, I would look at. A lot of people forget about Canada and there are a lot of amazing parks in Canada. You know, the, the border is pretty arbitrary. So the, mm-hmm. the cool stuff keeps going uh, north. Right, right. Uh, I think when we went to Montana, we went to Glacier National Park and, Oh, we didn't bring our passports uh, to go up north into Canada. And we were, we were so bummed at ourselves. You know, we usually always bring our passport everywhere and, and we failed to do so. Uh, yeah. Glacier is, uh, shares a border with Waterton Lakes National Park in Alberta. Yeah. And that's also a, a really great park as well. And that's often overshadowed by Banff and Jasper, which are the two most popular national parks in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, you know, their version of Yellowstone and right. they are great parks, but man, I've been there in like July and that was just horrible. There were so many visitors. Oh, I bet. I bet. I mean, I feel like they're, they're plastered all over the different travel sites and that sort of thing that, uh, that beautiful water, uh, that you can see in Banff. Um, it's, it's kind of iconic, uh, now, as far as going to Theodore Roosevelt, uh, how much does it cost to enter the park? Uh, I think it's like a standard rate. I think you pay like $20 for a vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always get a national park passport every year, mm-hmm. although I've let mine expire. So I'll probably have to get a new one. Um, right. But that's, I think, $80 a year for unlimited entry all and, year. And do you have any recommended campgrounds? Not really. Uh, like I said, Medora, which is the the gateway city, there's mm-hmm. campgrounds there with facilities for RVs if you want to hook up or things like that. So there's there's a lot to choose from. I don't think that anything is you know particularly better than any, anywhere else. As far as like hotels and accommodations, don't expect luxury five star anything around there. 
-hmm. it's all pretty bare bones, which is what you're going to find in most of the, the deep West like that. Um, but it gets the job done. Yeah. And I'm curious about like the food. Is the area known for anything? Uh, is it, yeah. Well, what's it like? Uh, you'll find a lot of ranching. So you can find like beef and steakhouses and, and things like that. That'll mm -hmm. probably be the things that are like from that area that are probably best known. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. And then I always like to touch on accessibility. And I think it's really interesting. You mentioned that you could drive uh, around the park and be able to see some wildlife potentially. Uh, but did you take note of any accessible trails uh, there at Theodore? National Park or Theodore Roosevelt National Park? Yeah, there are some small um, accessible trails. Uh, there's one called Skyline Vista that mm -hmm. is uh, definitely wheelchair accessible. Uh, and there's a couple other ones as well with some um, picnic areas and things like that. You know, thankfully, because it's in the plains, it's it's not that mountainous. Mm -hmm. You know, the the vertical elevation that you'll be changing, if anything, is quite small compared to a lot where you're going to see in a lot of parks. So it's really not that bad. And mostly you're going to be staying on, there's a big loop road that goes around the Southern part or the Southern uh, section of the park. And that's the most popular thing. And so, like I said, you can see a lot of that from um, your car. So I, I would say that, yeah, if, if you're in a, a situation where maybe you can't get out and hike, this is probably going to be one of the better parks to visit because you can experience so much of it from a vehicle or immediately outside of it. That is pretty amazing uh, that you could go have this experience without having to do a deep hike or anything like that. And I should say that there are hiking trails available as well um, where you can, you know, hike from one end to the loop road to the other kind of in the interior. I think they have 36 miles of uh, hiking trail available, like in the Southern unit of the park. So that is there. And these aren't tough hikes because mm -hmm. like I said, you're not, you know, hiking over mountains. There's not a lot of elevation and you can see your surroundings pretty well because there aren't any trees. Yeah. Now how, how much time would you budget to go here? Um, it depends. I would say, you know, if you just were there and you did the loop drive uh, for the Southern unit, a half a day, but you could easily spend a full day or two days if you went to the Northern unit as well. And I should also add, there's a middle unit, kind of, sort of. Uh, it's not a full-blown, like, unit of the park you can visit. There's no visitor center, uh, but it's called the Elkhorn Ranch Unit, and it's really tiny, and it's basically the uh, the cabin where Theodore Roosevelt lived when he was there. Wow. Um, and it's a gravel road to get there, so if you wanted to visit that, and I've not visited that. My next trip, that's going to be uh, one of the things I definitely want to visit, but it's a gravel road. So you should probably have a four by four and there's no facilities, no cell phone coverage or anything. Uh, if you choose to visit it. That sounds so interesting. I would love to see that one day. Do you have any, any additional tips for our listeners who are um, maybe embarking on a, a road trip this fall or next summer? It's, you know, uh, if you ever drive across country, the decision always is, well, am I going to go north or south, right? Because there's a couple different routes you can take to, to get from east coast to west coast. Mm -hmm. And most people don't take a northern route. 
And I especially think like, you know, if you live in, in Portland or something or in Oregon and you were to, uh, want to drive to the East coast, doing this Northern route, which will take you through Idaho, Montana, North Dakota, um, and Minnesota will let you see a bunch of things you may otherwise not see. Mm-hmm. There's a couple other uh, National Park Service sites. North Dakota doesn't have a lot of them. Uh, Fort Union Trading Post National Historic Site is north of the North Unit, and it lies exactly on the border with Montana. Um, it's an old 19th century uh, trading post that was set up. There's actually two Fort Unions in the National Park System. The other one's in um, New Mexico. Um, so there are other things that you can see, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a great place to stop if you're going to be doing a cross country trip. That, uh, is a great note for our listeners. Um, and then any other, uh, like photography tips, uh, that you would mention for maybe people visiting Theodore Roosevelt National Park to capture the wildlife there? Uh, you know, if you want to do wildlife photography, make sure you have a decent lens, a longer Mm -hmm. lens. And if you don't have one, uh, there are really good services available where you can rent one, you know, Mm -hmm. assuming you have a camera that you can switch lenses on, um, either that, or you just have to be really patient and let some of the animals come up to your car. Uh, don't get out of your car. You know, you don't want to be, you don't want to be that person that you read about every few months at Yellowstone who tries to pet a Buffalo. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, you can, you can definitely do that. And prairie dogs, you know, you're never going to get close to a prairie dog, but if you're in your car on the road, a lot of the prairie dog colonies are usually right next to a road and they're just scurrying around all the time and they're really entertaining and they'll usually get up in their hind feet and, uh, do some really funny stuff. And those are, are really great as well. You know, uh, I know that the, the big animals like bison and mule deer and, and horses get a lot of the attention, but some of the smaller ones like the prairie dogs, I think are, are probably the, the funnest things to photograph. Fun. Absolutely fun. I'm going to check out some prairie dog uh, photos after this interview. Yeah, I've, I've got a lot of them from different places. Uh, you can find prairie dogs, like I said, all the way up from uh, Grasslands National Park in Saskatchewan. I think that's the northernmost prairie dog colony. And then uh, all the way south, I think they're even maybe in like parts of North Texas and Oklahoma. Oh, that is so interesting. I, I don't think I've ever seen a prairie dog. If, if you haven't been to the Great Plains, then yeah, that's probably the only place you're going to find them. All right. Well, it's going to be time to plan a trip. Uh, I think next year is definitely going to be a big uh, road trip season for us, potentially. Yeah, it's, it's you know, uh, even if you're, you know, from Oregon, I, I was just last year, I did a big trip in Southern Oregon and uh, Northern California, uh, where I visited the parks there, like Oregon Caves, uh, oh, yeah. Crater Lake, mm-hmm. uh, Lassen National Park, which oddly enough, when I was there, I was there in like the beginning of June they still had some places that had 20 feet of snow. It was crazy. Yes. Sounds yeah. about right. Yeah. I'm here in Bend and I feel like it takes a long time for the snow to melt here, but we're finally in summer. Yeah. I was shocked at how much snow they actually got in that region. Yeah. It's pretty impressive, huh? I mean, even driving up to Crater Lake, uh, you'll just see these giant walls of snow as you, uh, as you drive up. If, you're any earlier than than summer, essentially. Springtime, just so much snow. It's insane. Well, 
Thank you, Gary. I mean, this has been really insightful. And you may have just put North Dakota on the map for a lot of our listeners. Yeah, it's my pleasure. You know, uh, there's a lot of great sites in the national park system. And uh, people are usually probably only familiar with a handful. And I think if you just, whenever you're visiting a place, look to see what park service sites are in the area. And even if you've never heard of it before, uh, there are probably some really interesting things you could learn if you go. It doesn't have to be a full-blown national park. It might just be a monument or a historic site or something like that. And uh, there's usually great things. All right. Well, thank you, Gary. And, and we just look forward to seeing where you might be traveling to next. I have no idea where I'm going to be traveling to next. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah. Well, we we will be watching. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to Experiences You Should Have. And, And again, please check out Gary's site, Everything Everywhere. Find his podcast, Everything Everywhere Daily. Subscribe. Gary is knowledgeable. Um, And I can't wait to pick his brain more. I'd love to have him back on the podcast in the future. And uh, it's just such an honor to have uh, someone who has experienced so much come onto the podcast and share. Uh, So please go check out his site. Also, if you want uh, more information uh, about the Theodore Roosevelt National Park, uh, go to experiences that you should have.com, click on episodes, and there you will find beautiful show notes on the subject. And for you listeners out there who haven't subscribed to Experiences You Should Have, now is a great time to subscribe to the podcast. And if you are listening from an Apple device, uh, if you could kindly uh, leave us a five-star review, that would be ever so wonderful. And I know that we are in an extremely weird time in history right now. And Uh, traveling is not what it used to be. Uh, So we will be trying to navigate uh, different topics uh, that can maybe done while social distancing or on a road trip or or new ideas. Maybe if you're planning a big bucket list trip that maybe you need a a few years to save up for. Uh, So we will be exploring all sorts of new experiences. So please stay tuned as we are in this uh, weird COVID time. Thanks again for listening and until our next adventure.